With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Football Friday, Episode 3. I am your host, Jonah Malkin. Thank you so much for joining me every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every Friday. And as always, make sure that you're getting this podcast to your mobile device. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, comment, like by signing up for Landry Football's conference call on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. You can also watch this podcast, as I said, every Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Chris Landry Twitch channel by clicking on www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Boy, am I excited for this show today. I've been thinking about this for, for quite a long time, and it's so fun to come up with different topics that are pertinent at the moment. And this whole high school football recruiting situation, such a fluid, such an evolving situation. And what's so interesting to talk about is every single week there seems to be new information that we've procured or that's been given to us. And that's what makes this so fun is getting a chance to dissect week in and week out different updates from different states, different updates from different programs, quite frankly, different updates depending on the organization you're part of from the NFL and professional sports to college sports to even lower amateur sports like high school sports. This is what's so interesting in every single state, every single organization is handling this differently, which is why it makes it such a polarizing yet really interesting discussion point. And something that I'm super that I'm super excited to talk about. And this week, I've got another great Football Friday's first thoughts for you today. And it really, I want to delve into specifically what major universities I think are going to be impacted the most by this pandemic right now as it pertains to recruits. And I'm not just saying impacted in a negative way. I, th- this could totally be a positive impact. There are going to be a lot of schools that I think, and three in particular, that I think will be affected most directly. And I'm going to break down each one of those. It'll either be feelings of joyfulness and jubilation, or perhaps could have a calamitous effect and could really set back certain universities and certain programs for years to come. And it really pertains directly at the high school level, because as I talked about last week, a lot of these high school players don't realize 
how much power that they truly have. I mean, they understand the magnitude of these college decisions as far as where they want to commit to next season. But all the leverage is in their hands right now. And there are three major universities that I want to touch on that that literally their their potential, not only championship hopes, but success next season totally depends on the decisions of a couple of these major elite players. So there are three major universities that I'm going to look at right now. Ohio State University, obviously in the state of Ohio, the University of Washington in the state of Washington, and USC in California. Now, the interesting thing about all three of these schools, and I want to preface my where I want to go with this because each of these three schools are part of a conference that has opted to postpone their season to the spring, which makes this really interesting when you're starting to look at where recruits want to go and how this pandemic might impact those specific states. So first and foremost, the NCAA Division I actually implemented what's called a dead period that they instituted around March 13th, right around when the when the pandemic hit, and they extended it through about April 15th. Basically, the dead period is a time in which coaches can continue to communicate with potential recruits, but there are no in-person visits allowed. So the recruits can't visit during that time period. They can still communicate with the coaches, but they can't actually visit those major schools. And in a time like this, if anything else, I would say that the school visits might be one of the most important things. You want to know where you're going, what the facility is like, what the campus is like. These are major decisions. You don't just want to make an impulsive decision and commit somewhere you don't have the full scope of. It just doesn't really make sense. And, and the interesting thing is now they extended this dead period through, I believe, September 30th, but the likelihood is that these players are not going to be definitely not allowed to visit in the spring. And the likelihood is they're not going to be able to visit in the fall either, just given the current situation. And we're in the fall. So spring's passed. Weren't any visits allowed. Now the fall's here. No visits either. So let's start with Washington. This might be the most monumental class, 2021 for Washington's history. Now, before I even jump into specific players, I want to throw out a stat for you that to me blew my mind away. Dating back to 1999, so that's 21 years now, excluding the class of 2021, for the last 20 years, the state of Washington has produced only three of the top 10 national recruits, according to 247 Sports Rankings. So that means that 247 Sports Rankings comes out with their evaluation system, their star, their tiered system. And according to them, the state of Washington has only produced three top 10 recruits, excluding this class of 2021. So in this class of 2021, you have three on your own. After that, spanning over the last 20 years, there are only three. The most recent was in 2016 with Jacob Eason. 
Before that, in 2001, Reggie, uh, I believe his name is Reggie Williams, wide receiver in 2001. And then Nick Newton, an offensive tackle in 1999. I was born in 1997, so apologies to Nick. I didn't know who you were or who you are, but congrats on being viewed as a top 10 recruit. But that's it. Those are the three prior to this year. This year is interesting. And there's a nexus between a lot of these three schools, USC, Washington, and Ohio State, when it comes to the class of 2021 and three particular five-star players, top recruits. So the first, and I definitely don't want to butcher the pronunciation of his name, it's JT Tumaloa. Apologies to the Tumaloa family if I mispronounced the last name. Your son is a fantastic player. A five-star strong defensive end. Right now, he's uncommitted. He's the number two overall recruit in the class of 2021, right behind Corey Foreman. Here's the interesting thing about him. He's from Washington, obviously, from, I believe it's called uh, Sammamish, Washington. I've never been there, but he played at a, a really well-known high school, Eastside Catholic High School, which last year finished the second best high school in the state of Washington, a top 140 national team this year. They come in as the number one overall. Again, it's preseason, but the number one overall high school football team in Washington. And he's uncommitted right now. However, according again to 247 Sports, he's leaning towards Ohio State. Based on percentages, they give him an 80% chance and likelihood that he will commit to Ohio State and the Buckeyes, and a 20% chance that he stays home and plays for the Huskies and coach Jimmy Lake. So this is why, for a number of reasons, the pandemic and now this dead period are so crucial for, for a kid like JT. So already, before the pandemic hit, you have one of the most in, elite players, most talented players, number two in this class, leaning towards Ohio State. But now... Not only is the Ohio State football season postponed to the to the spring, along with that of Washington, but the pandemic has hit, which means that a lot of players are now wanting to perhaps decommit to stay closer to home, to be with family, to be within close proximity to people that they love and care about. But also now you can't even visit Ohio State and that campus. So you're asking a five-star player now to trust that, hey, Ohio State's the place I want to go. This is a kid that's received offers everywhere, which makes sense because he's an elite player. But now you're asking him to make a big choice, and he doesn't even know what the school's like outside of some of the specific personnel, the tradition, the history of the program. The the coaching staff, but that's it. He doesn't get a chance to go on off of it, off of anything else. And I think that Washington is poised to perhaps land their biggest in-state coup that they've ever had. And he's not the only one. There's another guy, Amika Ugbuka, the number seven overall recruit in the class of 2021 the number one wide receiver in the class of 2021, seventh overall recruit. Now with him, he played at Stella Coombe, Washington. 
but his percentages are the same. He's looking at Ohio State with an 80% likelihood to go there. And there's various other percentages sprinkled in about other places that he wants to go. And he played at Stella Coom High School, not a very well-known high school. But again, you have this tremendous generational kind of talent. Not much else to do with it for him this senior season, but has a bevy of options as far as where he wants to play college. And you're in the similar situation, which is you have an elite player from the state of Washington who's leaning towards Ohio State, but now with this pandemic, I don't know if he'll continue to go there. There are a lot of unquestioned marks. There are a lot of question marks, rather, in that conference at that university, which I'll also go into. So there's two right there. Not to mention Jimmy Lake, the new head coach for Chris Peterson. He was able to recruit one of the best pro-style quarterbacks in Sam Heward, who played at Kennedy Catholic High School in Bellevue, Washington, which Bellevue, Washington, that area is is known for producing tremendous high school football players. That's kind of that's kind of their their calling card, their staple. So you already have one who's fully committed, not for this fall, for the fall of 2021. There's a four-star, five, uh, a five-star pro-style quarterback. He is the face of your franchise. You bring in a guy like JT, now you have the face of your defense. You bring in a guy like Agbuka, now you've got a formidable offense and a face of your defense for a Washington Huskies program that going into this year isn't projected to win uh, the North Division that still goes to Oregon. This could potentially flip that. And I'm not going to delve into the the Pac-12 because that's not what this show is about. But what it highlights is these are three guys all from the same state. And their decisions could have huge ramifications on a program like Washington. Literally, Washington's, not even title hopes, but maybe Pac-12 title hopes, are are balancing on a pendulum right now that could vacillate every other day. But if these three guys commit, or two, two of these extra guys commit, rather, that could literally be a program-altering decision for the Washington Huskies football program. Again, spanning back to 21 years, they've only had three guys rated in the top 10. In this class of 2021, they've got three in this class right now. So that's first. Washington, to me, the stakes are the highest for them. The state of Ohio is also extremely important when you're starting to look at this orbit of colleges and how different recruits' decisions are going to impact them. Obviously, these two guys right here, JT and Amika Agbuka, they're leaning towards Ohio State. So if, if the Buckeyes land these recruits, that will make them that much more formidable. But the thing about Ohio State is year in and year out, 
they get to replenish all their not only skills positions, but literally every single player on the roster. They already have Julian Fleming this year, who's the number one wide receiver in the class of 2020. They'll be fine. They got Kyle McCord coming, a fantastic quarterback. They'll be just fine. But you're still talking about the number two recruit and the number seven recruit in the class of 2021 that are leaning towards your school, but now because of this pandemic may have to rethink their decision. They might not want to do that now. They might, it might behoove them to stay closer to home, to play for their hometown college, their hometown university. Not to mention, it's so hypocritical and contradictory the way that the state of Ohio is handling all their their sports. So the Cleveland Browns have an NFL team planning on playing. Cleveland Indians, an MLB team, professional MLB team, is planning on playing. I've never even heard of them. The Columbus Blue Jackets, an NHL team, is planning on playing. Apologies to the Blue Jackets. I'm sure you guys are a well-run NHL organization. You have the Cincinnati Bearcats that are planning on playing in the American Athletic Conference, Division I, in the state of Ohio. And then you even have high school football teams in the state of Ohio that are proceeding to play, yet perhaps the biggest name in the entire state, Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, the Buckeyes. They're part of the Big Ten. Big Ten says they don't want to play. They want to postpone until the spring. That could have a huge impact on some of these recruits wanting to go there. And obviously, Justin Fields, he started a petition trying to relaunch the Big Ten. Really impressive, actually. He he got over 280,000 signatures. I don't know what it is at currently. But that's impressive and shows the kind of support that he has for that decision. So that's Ohio. So we got Washington, Ohio, and now USC. USC is interesting for the obvious reason. The most obvious reason, and I've touched upon this the last two weeks, the number one player in the class of 2021, Corey Foreman. He was initially committed to Clemson, has decommitted, and now... People think that he's leaning towards USC, which is the strong likelihood given that he plays at Centennial High School in Southern California. And unfortunately, while I wish he would consider UCLA, he won't. So he's considering USC and perhaps a Pac-12 school. His decision could also have a monumental impact on USC and Clay Helton's job for that matter. Now, again, I don't want to dive too much into the specific impact that it has on USC and break down their their roster, but I bring him up because here's a guy who's from Southern California, yet again, the pandemic may force him to stay home. Now, he apparently is still considering Clemson, but family might resonate more and he may want to stay. And then, of course, Jake Garcia, the four-star pro-style quarterback 
who is currently committed to USC, and he was playing at La Habra, transferred from La Habra to move to Georgia to play at Valdosta High School in Georgia because he wanted to gain those reps. But could he leave? Could he say, you know what? I kind of want to play in the SEC next year. Because if his mindset is, I'm going to leave my high school team for reps before college, what do you think his mindset's going to be when he gets to college? I want to sit out a year. I want to wait for my conference to approve of a season. I'm not sure. And then again, it's super interesting because you've got all three of these universities tied into two states that have both decided to postpone their season. So if at first you're thinking, well, you know what? If the school that I, if the schools that I'm picking between ones in the SEC or the ACC or the Big 12 and the school that I'd like to go to is in the Big 10 or the Pac-12, then okay. That outside school's got a better shot at maybe enticing them to leave. But the, the problem is Ohio State's in the Big Ten and Washington and USC are in the Pac-12 and both of those conferences decided to postpone the season till the spring. So that's Football Fridays. First thoughts for you on a Friday, August 24th or 20, 21st rather. Wow. Third episode of the show and now I am extremely excited to bring on to the stream today, to Football Friday, uh, the publisher of Badgers Wire, covering Wisconsin athletics for USA Today Sports, and he's the host of Locked on Badgers, my friend and my close colleague, Asher Lowe. Asher, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Of course. I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to do it. Let's go. Let's talk. Let's talk recruiting. <laughs> First of all, I, I got to ask you, so – we were talking a little bit before. You said that you're you're in Bloomington, I am Indiana, right right now. So the humidity level in LA is absurd. What's the humidity level like in Indiana? Because I can't imagine, or I have to imagine that it's even worse. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, it's pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. And I'm from LA, obviously, so we're very used to perfect weather, and so we like to complain about anything that's slightly off from our perfection that we grew up with, Jonah, being Angelinos, but. Yeah, I, I, it's not the best. It's not the best right now. The heat wave is going through the whole country, I've seen. So, I also got to ask, too, and this is just something that's always been on my mind. It's really not sports-related at all. But what always baffles me is Indiana is always on the Eastern time zone. Oh. And to me, it's, 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 right, it's right next to Illinois. Illinois oh, is central time right zone. Now. I got to give it to you. And, and Indiana – Somehow you, you add the extra hour. I, I don't get it. Why, why is it's that? Worse than you think it's worse than you think. And here we go. I'm going to give you a story right now. This happened to me yesterday. You could not have gotten me at a better time. It's when his time zone. We'll get that other stuff later. But it's so bad that the state actually splits it in half. Half the state is on the eastern time zone and half the state is on a central time zone. So my girlfriend made an appointment about an hour away for a psychiatry appointment. We drive to the appointment. And we think the appointment's at two, but we don't realize we're going through that exact time zone switch. So we get there a whole hour and a half early because we didn't actually know that the state, not only does the state on Eastern time, that's actually only half the state. 
half the state is actually on central time as they honestly should be in general. So I don't get why there, there's any part of the state and Bloomington is part of that state that is on Eastern time. I know that mayor uh, Buttigieg isn't in Indiana anymore, but whoever the new mayor is, you guys got to figure this thing out because uh, it, it, it really just surprises me when I drove through it, just like you, all of a sudden my phone changes an extra hour. And I, I was like, wait, when did this happen? I still don't get it. But anyway, so I, I appreciate the story. And the good thing is terrible. You showed up, you showed up to your appointment an hour early, which right. you know what? People always appreciate. Yes, timeliness is is always extremely important. All right. So let's get into some high school recruiting. Uh I know that you have a great emphasis and a background not only on the Midwest. Uh, and specifically Wisconsin, but I know you also follow the Pac-12 really closely in, in Southern California. So when you heard the news that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 conferences were opting to postpone their season to the spring, what kind of impact do you think this will have on, on high school recruits' decisions? You know, I think for high school recruits, the big news we heard today for college athletes, and obviously I'm covering more college right now, is that eligibility will be upheld. So they'll get that extra year of eligibility from this year, whether they play or not, actually. The NCAA is going to grant that year of eligibility no matter what their situation is, no matter if they're playing or not. So I think that's big for guys that are already in college or guys that are just getting to college, class of 2020 guys, specifically looking at you, guys that have just started their college experience and started it in this very strange way. For high school recruits, I actually don't think it has a major impact on whether they're going to commit to a Big Ten, Pac-12 versus an SEC Big 12. I don't think we're going to see some crazy swing of the top 50, 100 guys going towards Big 12 SEC schools because of this. And I, I just think that the biggest news we've had in this whole situation for college athletes is was today and in that fact that they do get eligibility back because that was something that would have crushed me because I was really thinking more of the seniors, right, than the guys that are coming in that should have at least a couple normal years of college football, but the seniors that this would have been the end for them. And I was actually very upset when it all went down last year. And I was at Wisconsin, and I was about to call softball, and boom, you know, Jonah, the, the, these softball players didn't get another another year. They were done. All of a sudden, just done. One of the greatest players in Wisconsin history, Kayla Conwent, might know her, just career over. So I'm glad that at least we get to see seniors one more time and that nobody's eligibility is stripped away because of this. So for for me, now it's interesting that you actually don't think it's going to have uh, a major impact on no. some of these yeah. high school recruits' decisions. So, let, so let's focus maybe on, on some of the – the longer term ramifications for these programs, mm -hmm. because when you look at the short term, you say to yourself, OK, maybe you don't you don't see any impact. But do you think that if when you're a recruit and again, maybe this is specifically if you're looking at a school in the Big Ten or, or looking at a school in the Pac-12, do you think maybe a couple years down the line, some of these younger up and coming recruits might say, hey, you know what, are, are they going to view these conferences' decisions to postpone as an indictment against the conference and perhaps a statement that we're not necessarily taking football as seriously as some of these other states? Or do you think they're going to be able to overlook that and understand the pressing situation that we're in, given the health concerns and that a lot of these conferences, including the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, are truly just looking out for their for their players, for their teams and their personnel. 
you know, I think a big part of that question I can't answer because I think a lot of it is based on, well, how does the Big 12 and SEC actually work out? Do they get through a season? Do they get to week one? I mean, there are so many questions that haven't been answered for them. Do we know if they're going to play a season or not? We really don't know that. We can say right now that they're planning on moving forward with a season and that a week one right now is their plan. But are they going to get there? I mean, we have no idea. So I think that to, to wait and see how the Big 12 and SEC shapes out and works out, are there major outbreaks because of it? That's a whole other safety concern. Is it even safer to not play at all? I mean, is that that's a whole valid argument I've heard from many people, coaches, players, parents today. I don't know if you saw the Big Ten parents gathering outside of the headquarters yep, of yep. Kevin Warren saying, please, let's have a conversation. All we want is a conversation about why this has happened. And some Badger parents were there as well. So, yeah, I think that the Big 12 and SEC making the decision is one thing. How will it actually carry itself out is a whole other thing. We have to wait to see uh, how that works out to make a final judgment. Yeah, and it really is interesting about those protests that took on because obviously Kevin Warren, the, the commissioner of the Big Ten, reaffirmed his decision that they're still going to postpone it. It's just interesting because there's so much divide between what the players want and what they think is more responsible and what some of these commissioners think. So let me transition a little closer to home uh, in Southern California. I mentioned Corey Foreman, who's the number one overall recruit in the class of 2021. He was committed to Clemson, then decommitted from Clemson, and now is technically uh, undecided, although most people believe that he will go to a school like USC, which is closer to home. And what the pandemic has shown us is that it can impact a lot of these players' decisions in terms of, do we want to play closer to home and be closer to our family and friends and the people that we care about? So my, my question to you is, do you think that there will be other players that kind of follow suit that say, you know what, as much as I'd like to attend another university, there's so much uncertainty right now. And this, this virus is still, we don't have a handle on it. And COVID is still such a, such a fluid virus that that's spreading so pervasive across the entire country that maybe they say, you know what, I kind of want to stay closer to home. Do you think more of these players and these recruits will, will opt to kind of follow suit? I think that you're right on that because what I was saying earlier about that this won't change recruiting, what I meant by that was the Big Ten not playing and the SEC playing. I don't think that will have – because first of all, we have to see what happens with the SEC playing and how that works out. But also, even if the SEC does play some games, I don't think that has a major impact on a – a kid flipping from a big 10 school to an sec school. I really don't see that happening in any major way, maybe one or two here or there, the home thing and the closer to home thing in this pandemic, I 100% see as a major factor. And it was already a huge factor, right? For most, for most players, it is a big factor. Uh, you want to stay close to home, especially you see it in basketball, football, you have a lot more out of state recruiting or sorry, reverse that. What I meant to say was football, you have a lot more in-state recruiting and staying close to home in basketball for whatever reason. And I think it's because of the nature of Blue Bloods in basketball versus football. You have players going out of state all the time, right? And and a lot more of the top 100 guys go out of state than in football. Now, I totally agree that the, the being close to home thing could not be more important than it is right now. Because, I mean, just as a college student, right, like, like you want to be – close to home right now if you're not at school, in my opinion, at least I do personally. Like if I'm not at school, I'd want to be close to home. 
so I could imagine that an athlete going through that same uh, similar transition, deciding where they're going to go to college, would want to stay relatively close to home, especially, Jonah, if they don't even know if they're going to college next year. Like, who, who, who actually knows, right, 100% that they're going to be stepping foot uh, on campus playing games next fall. And, and it's a scary thing to say, but there's just too much uncertainty. And I, I listen, I think the games will happen next fall, 100%. But there's so much uncertainty right now that we don't have answers uh, to and so many questions that uh, we'll be left to answer for a long time that I see that that close to home thing as being a bigger factor than ever. Now, on the other side of the coin, I mentioned a guy in Jake Garcia, who's from Southern California, played at Narbonne, transferred to La Habra, and then Southern California and just the entire state postpones uh, high school and college sports yeah. and football till the spring. So he transfers to Valdosta High School in Georgia because he says he wants reps strictly at the high school level. Again, th- I'm not asking necessarily if this is going to be a little foreshadowing um, or harbinger for these guys ultimately choosing to play in a different conference. But as it pertains specifically to this upcoming football season, do you expect other high school football players to pursue similar avenues like a Jake Garcia and move somewhere else to gain those reps for this season? I do, Jonah, and I've actually seen it between Wisconsin recruits. So TJ Bowlers, for example, a guy out of the state of Iowa, a top player in the state of Iowa in class of 2021, Wisconsin commit, defensive end from Clear Creek, Clear Creek Amana High School. I've seen him recruiting. I've seen him literally on Twitter saying, come play for us. Uh, Skylar Bell, this season was canceled in Connecticut, uh, and he's also a Wisconsin commit, recent Wisconsin commit at wideout. Season canceled in Connecticut. I literally saw TJ Bowlers hit him on Twitter say, come to Iowa, come play with us. So I've, I've seen it happening among Wisconsin guys, and I'm sure it's happening much more broadly than that. Wow. That's really smart. That's really smart. Yeah. Because we see a championship, man. I mean, you, you see now at the professional level, sometimes it can be viewed as, as tampering a little bit, but with that being said, it's, it's actually, it's actually pretty smart that, that these players are trying to recruit these athletes. Cause it's like, listen, it's almost like a graduate student where you got one extra year and they say, Hey, you can go anywhere you want to go. Come play for us. That's super, that's actually super interesting. And so let, let's stick with Wisconsin, uh, with the state of Wisconsin. Cause I know that's your specialty, even though you're a specialty at ever, at everything. But let's focus on Wisconsin for a sec. And first of all, the actual university itself, the Badgers had one of their best recruiting classes, not only for this year, uh, four four star players, but also next year, they're about to have an incredible recruiting class as well. Who are some of the the big time recruits that that are gonna be playing? Uh, or at least enrolling at Wisconsin that are committed there for, for this year? And and what are some of these high schools that we don't know about in Wisconsin? Yeah, so let's do it. So back to that point I was making, Jonah, about the fact that basketball players are much more likely to go out of state and football players are much more likely to stay in state, and the numbers have shown it over the last decade. This really is true in the state of Wisconsin. Basketball players in the state of Wisconsin, top players, in fact, in much higher numbers, leave the state and have been for the last few years. Take Tyler Hero on the Miami Heat right now as a great example of that. Patrick Baldwin expected to follow in Hero's footsteps. Uh, Duke has created this Wisconsin pipeline, right? But on the football side of things, Wisconsin is keeping talent at home, and that is the key to the class of 2021 and the class of 2022 already, by the way. 
They have one commit in the class of 2022, Braylon Allen, who is an in-state guy, top three player in the state in that, in that class. But back to 2021, you got literally the top six players in the state of Wisconsin, according to 24-7 Sports, all committed to the Badgers. And that starts with a very familiar last name, a very hard-to-pronounce last name, J.B. Benchol, who has two brothers uh, that have played Wisconsin football, one currently playing Wisconsin football, and one Bo, his older brother, who was a stud on the Wisconsin line and now is playing for the Detroit Lions. And J.P. is the number one player in the state of Wisconsin. The number two player in the state, a guy going for his – or would be going for his third straight state championship at Muskego High School, who they put together quite a run. Uh, that's Hunter Wohler, who is a hard-hitting safety and a guy that Wisconsin fans are very, very excited about. I had him on the Locked On Badgers podcast, and he told me that, man, he, he just wanted the chance. And this was a couple months ago before we really knew how things were shaking out, but he really wanted the chance to get a third straight ring at the high school level of Muskego. So uh, unfortunately, he probably won't get that chance, but he's bringing some hard-hitting power to the state of Wisconsin and a guy that Wisconsin men's are very excited to partner up with another in-state safety in 2022. I mentioned Braylon Allen. Those two guys could be an in-state partnership right there at safety for years to come. You also got two running backs, you know, Wisconsin football. We love our running backs, right? Not New Jersey guys, but actually in-state homegrown Wisconsin guys in Jackson Acker, Loyal Crawford, two running backs out of the state. Loyal is an Eau Claire guy and you got Jackson from the Verona area. So literally those are the top five players in the state I just listed. So all the top players staying home. So so I actually want to stick right there with your running backs comment because some something that I didn't know until I got to Wisconsin and I got quickly well acquainted with is for whatever reason, Wisconsin and New Jersey running backs, mm. they've got this nexus that they just always seem to link up. You've got Corey Clement. You've got Jonathan Taylor and now Jalen Berger, another top running back, all from New Jersey. What What is it about New Jersey that Coach Chris and his coaching staff is like, you know what? Nah, we don't need to go to Southern California. We don't need, we don't need to go to Miami. We don't need to go to Georgia. We don't need to go to Texas. Let's go to New Jersey. We're going to find the diamonds in the rough at the running back position. Right. This is sec- the success they've had once you start that pipeline, right? It just keeps coming. And players in that area now know. Uh, that pipeline exists, and Jalen Berger is going to be the latest in a trend of fantastic New Jersey running backs. And he'll actually be probably the only guy, Jonah, I'd say, one of the only guys. I don't want to say the only, but one of the only guys in the class of 2020 that, had we been having a fall season right now, would actually be in line for some playing time and some touches right away. So he's going to be a stud at the next level. And Wisconsin has a pretty deep running back room, thanks to Berger being added. Yeah, there's no question. Nakia Watson obviously still there, but I, I I was excited to see if if Jalen Berger could 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 do some stuff. But it's just so interesting why New Jersey is always yeah. where he goes, and it's just so interesting. Florida, man. Florida's the latest one in terms of Wisconsin uh, targets. They they've been looking to Florida a lot, which is a recruiting hotbed that a lot of people know about and recruit in. But I'd say that's the, that's probably the newest pipeline. So look out for the Florida pipeline coming soon. We got Ricardo Hallman in 2021, Jake Cheney. Uh, two guys who are actually Florida rivals in high school. So they're both going to be Badgers in the class of 2021. That, that's definitely the newest hotbed for Coach Chris. All right, final couple questions, then I'll let you go. Who are, and again, I, you can go in a lot of different directions with this, but as it pertains to to the Midwest, could be in Wisconsin, could be in Minnesota, all the other states that, that comprise uh, the Midwest. Who are some specific recruits that – 
assuming a season actually does take place this year, you are kind of looking forward to seeing perhaps could have a breakthrough season. Well, I'm really excited to see uh, what Hunter Waller's got going on at Muskego and that entire Muskego team is going to be just exciting to watch going for another state title. Wisconsin really like the state at least has a bunch of guys that all are sort of uh, on sort of these dynasty teams that kind of will, will win a couple in a row. I feel like that's been the trend recently. So I'd love to see Hunter Waller again, just because of the, the, the tenacity. I mean, what, like watch this guy's tape, Jonah. I mean, the hits he delivers uh, and, his, and he's not even huge. Like, like he doesn't, he doesn't blow you away physically, but boy, the, the hits he delivers, man. I, I mean, with, with Wisconsin commits, the thing is you got all the top guys in the class, right? So there's not a ton to prove for most of the Wisconsin commits because, hey, I mean, they've already pretty much proven anything that they need to prove. There is one guy uh, that I'm interested to see if he's going to get a Wisconsin offer, and this would have been a big year for him. That's Miles Burkett, who is a quarterback at Franklin High School, class of 2022 guy. Wisconsin hasn't offered him. There's been talk. He's the number one ranked QB in that class, but he definitely has another step uh, to get to, I think, before the Badgers come calling. And part of that is not his fault. Part of that is because you got Graham Mertz and then you got Deacon Paya Hill in 2021. So two really good quarterbacks lined up there. But Miles Burkett, watch, watch out, watch that name. Uh, quarterback at Franklin High School in the Milwaukee area would have been a big year for him, but hey, he's got another year in his bag as well. So we'll see if his senior season could be the one that gives him that Wisconsin offer down the road. Final question. What, what's been uh, the show, the TV show that's been captivating you the most during this quarantine that's really gone you through this this tough time? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I, know, I know the binge watching has been up with everyone. Oh, yeah. NBA playoffs, obviously, recently. But recently, I've been keeping up with the Kardashians. Brand new season. I'm not going to lie. I've watched uh, nearly the whole season there. I also want to shout out for one of the worst yet best shows I've ever seen, All-American. And the worst, yes, scenes, yes, the worst sports scenes of any show I've seen. But boy, the drama is fantastic. I binge that show in like three days. But man, you want to see terrible sports scenes in, in a TV show or a movie? Just watch All American and watch the routes they run. Uh, there were a bunch of like Twitter posts about that. Like, what, what is this guy doing? It's like slow motion. He's just running straight and turning around and then putting it in slow mo. But All American is probably the one that I binge the quickest. So, what's actually interesting about that show? I do like that show too. Is the the character that that is being personified here is actually based on a real guy who used to play at Beverly Hills High School where I went to high school. It was based on a guy oh, named Spencer yeah. Pacinger, actually. Now, the positions were changed. Spencer Pacinger was a defensive lineman, uh, and this and, and the, the main actor in the show plays a wide receiver or at least just an athlete. The lineman is not sexy. You know, you know they're never going to go with right. it. Right, but he was part. He's part of the New York Giants uh, Super Bowl championship teams, so he's got a couple Super Bowl rings uh, to show for. Well, listen, Asher, where can we uh, catch catch you all the time? Where Where are you on on social media? Yeah, at a l o w underscore thirty three uh, on Twitter, and at Badgers Wire, of course, and BadgersWire dot com for USA Today, covering all things Wisconsin. A lot of Wisconsin high school recruiting as well. We're all over the beat uh, for recruiting for basketball and football as well. And then at the Locked On Badgers podcast, you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Perfect. As he said, publisher of Badgers Wire covers Wisconsin athletics for USA Today Sports and the host uh, of Locked On Badgers. Thank you so much, Asher, 
for for joining the show. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Jonah. So that was Asher Lowe. So happy to have him uh, with me. And once again, make sure that you're getting this podcast to all your mobile devices. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe by signing up for Landry Football's conference call on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. You can also watch this podcast every single Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Chris Landry Twitch channel by clicking on www twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. Now I'm going to end today with Malkin's moments. This week we have a really great moment and it's not even necessarily football related, which is one of the reasons why I love this segment so much. It just recognizes any incredible sports story that's taken place from the, from this past week. And this week, what we have is a baseball story. Yes. The San Diego Padres have hit a grand slam in four consecutive days, four straight games over four consecutive days. That's never been done in the MLB's history before. And this is just incredible because this is a team that this year is 15 and 12. They're second in the NL West right behind the Dodgers. Last year, they finished 70 and 92 last in the NL West. Now they're up to seventh, uh, up to second rather. And again, I was always kind of skeptical of, of Manny Machado's 10 year, $300 million deal, but he's been coming through for them in, in a big way this season. And again, four grand slams in four straight days, four straight games. They're having a Renaissance season. It, it's literally never been done before, and so I just wanted to give them a shout-out. That's Malkin's Moments. Not to mention, congrats to South Carolina for landing Gunnar Stockton, a fantastic five-star pro-style quarterback. That's big for the Gamecocks. So that's Malkin's Moments for Episode 3 for Week 3. Again, thank you so much for joining. Please help spread the word as you can catch the Chris Landry Twitch channel at www.twitch.tv slash Football, And you can listen to this podcast on your mobile device by signing up for Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcast. And you can also catch this show on www.landryfootball.com where all this information is there for you. So week three, episode three in the books. Under wraps. This was a fantastic show. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I'll see you again next Friday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.